Shiva Samhita, Chapter 1, Existence One Only. The jnana alone is eternal. It is without beginning or end. There exists no one other real substance. Diversities which we see in the world are results of sense conditions. When the latter sees, then this jnana alone, and nothing else, remains. I, Ishvara, the lover of my devotees, the giver of spiritual emancipation to all creatures. Thus declare the science of Yoga Nusuzana, the exposition of yoga. In it are discarded all those doctrines of disputants, which lead to false knowledge. It is for the spiritual disenthrallment of persons whose minds are undistracted and fully turned towards me. Differences of Opinion some praise truth, others purification and asceticism. Some praise forgiveness, others equality and sincerity. Some praise almsgiving, others land sacrifices, made in honor of one's ancestors. Some praise action, karma. Others think dispassion, vairaya, to be the best. Some wise persons praise the performance of the duties of the householder. Other authorities hold up fire sacrifice and as the highest. Some praise mantra yoga. Others, the frequenting of places of pilgrimage. Thus diverse are the ways which people declare for emancipation. Being this diversely engaged in the world, even those who still know what actions are good and what evil, though free from sin, become subject to bewilderment. Persons who follow these doctrines, having committed good and bad actions, constantly wander in the worlds, in the cycle of births and deaths, bound by dire necessity. Others wiser among the many, and eagerly devoted to the investigation of the occult, declare that the souls are many and eternal and omnipresent. Others say, only those things can be said to exist which are perceived through the senses, and nothing besides them. Where is heaven or hell? Such is their firm belief. Others believe the world to be a current of consciousness, and no material entity, some call the void as the greatest. Others believe in two essences, matter, prakriti, and spirit, purusha. Thus believing in widely different doctrines, with face turned away from the supreme goal, they think, according to their understanding and education, that this universe is without God. Others believe there is a God, basing their assertions on various irrefutable arguments founded on texts declaring difference between soul and God, and anxious to establish the existence of God. These and many other sages, with variant different denominations, have been declared in the Sastras as leaders of the human mind into delusion. It is not possible to describe fully the doctrines of these persons so fond of quarrel and contention. People thus wander in this universe being driven away from the path of emancipation.
Yoga, the only true method. Having studied all the sastras and having pondered over them well, again and again the yoga sastra has been found to be the only true and firm doctrine. Since by yoga, all this verily is known as a certainty. All exertion should be made to acquire it. What is the necessity, then, of any other doctrines? This yoga sastra, now being declared by us, is a very secret doctrine, only to be revealed to a high-souled pious devotee throughout the three worlds. Karmakanda There are two systems, as found in the Vedas, Karmakanda, ritualism, Jnanakanda, wisdom, Jnanakanda and Karmakanda are again each subdivided into two parts. The Karmakanda is twofold, consisting of injunctions and prohibitions. Prohibited acts, when done, will certainly bring forth sin. From performance of enjoined acts, there certainly results merit. The injunctions are threefold, Nitya, regular, Naimitika, occasional, and Kamya, optional. By non-performance of Nitya, of daily rites, there accrues sin, but by performance no merit is gained. On the other hand, the occasional and optional duties, if done or left undone, produce merit or demerit. Fruits of actions are twofold, heaven or hell. The heavens are of various kinds, and so also hells are diverse. The good actions are verily heaven, and sinful deeds are verily hell. The creation is the natural outcome of karma and nothing else. Creatures enjoy many pleasures in heaven. Many intolerable pains are suffered in hell. From sinful acts, pain. From good acts, happiness results. For the sake of happiness, men constantly perform good actions. When the sufferings for evil actions are gone through, then there take place rebirths certainly. When the fruits of good actions have been exhausted, then also verily the same result. Even in heaven, there is experiencing of pain by seeing the higher enjoyment of others. Verily, there is no doubt of it that this whole universe is full of sorrow. The classifiers of karma have divided it into two parts, good and bad actions. They are the veritable bondage of the embodied souls, each in its turn. Those who are not desirous of enjoying the fruits of their actions, in this world or the next, should renounce all actions which are done with an eye to their fruits. And having similarly discarded the attachment for the daily and the namitika acts, should employ themselves in the practice of yoga. Nyanakandra the wise yogi, having realized the truth of karmakanda, works, should renounce them. And having left both virtue and vice, he must engage in jnanakanda, knowledge. The Vedic text, the spirit ought to be seen, about it one must hear, and are real saviors and givers of true knowledge. They must be studied with great care. That intelligence which incites the functions into the paths of virtue or vice am I. All this universe, movable and immovable, 
is from me. All things are preserved by me. All are absorbed into me. Because there exists nothing but spirit, and I am that spirit. There exists nothing else. As in innumerable cups of full water, uh, many reflections of the sun are seen. But substance is the same. Similarly, individuals like cups are innumerable. But the vivifying spirit like the sun is one. As in a dream, the one soul creates many objects by mere willing. But on awakening, everything else vanishes but the one soul. So is this universe. As through illusion, a rope appears as through illusion, a rope appears like a snake, or a pearl shell, like silver. Similarly, all this universe is superimposed in the Paramatma, the universal spirit. As when the knowledge of the rope is obtained, the erroneous notion of being a snake does not remain. So by the arising of knowledge of self vanishes this universe based on illusion. As when the knowledge of the mother of pearl is obtained, the erroneous notion of it being silver does not remain. So through the knowledge of spirit, the world always appears a delusion. As when a man besmears his eyelid with the collyrium uh, prepared from the fat of frogs, a bamboo appears like a serpent. So the world appears in the paramatma owing to the delusive pigment of habit and imagination. As through knowledge of rope, the serpent appears a delusion. Similarly, through spiritual knowledge, the world. As through jaundiced eyes, white appear yellow. Similarly, through the disease of ignorance, this world appears in the spirit, an error very difficult to be removed. As when the jaundice is removed, the patient sees the color as it is. So when delusive ignorance is destroyed, the true nature of the spirit is made manifest. As a rope can never become a snake in the past, present, or future, so the spirit, which is beyond all gunas, and which is pure, never becomes the universe. Some wise men, well-versed in scriptures, receiving the knowledge of spirit, have declared that even divas like Indra, are non-eternal subject to birth and death, and liable to destruction. Like a bubble in the sea, rising through the agitation of the wind, this transitory world appears from spirit. The unity exists always. The diversity does not exist always. There comes a time when it ceases. Twofold, threefold, and manifold distinctions arise only through illusion. Whatever was, is, or will be, either formed or formless, in short, all this universe is superimposed on the Supreme Spirit. Suggested by the Lords of Suggestion comes out Avidya. It is born of untruth, and its very essence is unreal. How can this world with such antecedents be true? How can this world with such foundations be true? The Spirit All this universe, movable or immovable, has come out of intelligence. 
renouncing everything else, take shelter in it. As space provides a jar both in and out, similarly, within and beyond this ever-changing universe, there exists one universal spirit. As the space pervading the five false states of matter does not mix with them, so the spirit does not mix with the ever-changing universe. From divas down to this material universe, all are pervaded by one spirit. There is one, Satchitananda, existence, intelligence, and bliss, all pervading and secondless. Since it is not illumined by another, therefore it is self-luminous, and for that self-luminosity, the very nature of spirit is light. Since the spirit in its nature is not limited by time or space, it is therefore infinite, all-pervading, the entirety itself. Since the spirit is unlike this world, which is composed of five states of matter, they are false and subject to distraction. Therefore, it is eternal. It is never destroyed. Save and beyond it, there is no other substance. Therefore, it is one. Without it, everything else is false. Therefore, it is true existence. Since in this world created by ignorance, the destruction of sorrow means the gaining of happiness. And through gnosis, immunity from all sorrow ensues. Therefore, the spirit is bliss. Since by gnosis is destroyed the ignorance, which is the cause of the universe, Therefore, the spirit is gnosis, and this gnosis is consequently eternal. Since in this time, this manifold universe takes its origin, therefore, there is one who is verily the self, unchanging through all times, who is one and unthinkable. All these external substances will perish in the course of time, but that spirit which is indescribable by word will exist without a second. Neither aether, air, fire, water, earth, nor their combinations, nor the divas, are perfect. The spirit alone is so. Yoga and Maya Having renounced all false desires and abandoned all false worldly chains, the yogi sees certainly in his own spirit the universal spirit by the self. Having seen the spirit that brings forth happiness in his own spirit, by the help of the self, he forgets this universe and enjoys the ineffable bliss of samadhi, profound meditation. Maya, illusion, is the mother of the universe. Not from any other principle has the universe been created. When this Maya is destroyed, the world certainly does not exist. He to whom this world is but the pleasure ground of Maya, therefore contemptible and worthless, cannot find any happiness in riches, body, etc., nor in pleasure. This world appears in three different aspects to men, neither friendly, enemial, or indifferent. Such is always found in worldly dealings. There is distinction also in substances as they are good, bad, or indifferent. That one spirit, through differentiation, verily becomes a son, a father, etc., the sacred scriptures had demonstrated the universe to be the freak of maya, or illusion. 
The yogi destroys this phenomenal universe by realizing that it is but the result of adya ropa, super imposition, and by means of apavada, refutation of a wrong belief. Definition of a Paramahansa When a person is free from the infinite distinctions and states of existence as caste, individual, individuality, etc., then he can say that he is intelligence and pure unit. Emanation or evolution. The Lord willed to create his creatures. From his will came out avidya or ignorance the mother of this false universe. There takes place the conjunction between the pure Brahma and Avidya, from which arises Brahma, from which comes out the Akasa. From the Akasa emanated the air, from air came the fire, from fire water, from water came the earth. This is the order of the subtle emanation. From ether, air, from the air and the other combined came fire. From the triple compound of ether, air, and fire came water. And from the combination of ether, air, fire, and water was produced the gross earth. The quality of ether is sound, of air motion and touch. Form is the quality of fire and taste of water. Smell is the quality of the earth. There is no gain saying this. Akasa has one quality, air, two, fire 3, water 4, and earth qualities, sound, touch, taste, form, and smell. This has been declared by the wise. Form is perceived through the eyes, smell through the nose, taste through the tongue, touch through the skin, sound through the ear. These are verily the organs of perception. From intelligence has come out all this universe, movable and immovable. Whether or not its existence can be inferred, the all-intelligence, one, does exist. Absorption or involution. The earth becomes subtle and is dissolved in water. Water is resolved into fire. Fire similarly merges in air. Air gets absorption in ether, and ether is resolved in avadya, ignorance, which merges into the great Brahma. There are two forces. Viksepa, the outgoing energy, and Avrana, the transforming energy, which are of great potentiality and power, and whose form is happiness. The great Maya, when non-intelligent and material, has three attributes. Sattva, rhythm, Rajas, energy, and Tamas, inertia. The non-intelligent form of Maya covered by the Avarana force, concealment, manifests itself as the universe owing to the nature of Viksepa force. When the Avidya has an excuse of Tamas, when it manifests itself as Durga, the intelligence which presides over her is called Ishvara. When the Avidya has excess of Sattva, it manifests itself as beautiful Lakshmi. The intelligence which presides over her is called Vishnu. When avidya has excess of rajas, it manifests itself known as the wise Saraswati. The intelligence which presides over her is known as Brahma. Gods like Shiva, Brahma, Vishnu are all seen in the great spirit, 
bodies, and are all material objects are the various products of avidya. All things are seen as finite, etc., endowed with qualities, and there arise various distinctions merely through words and names, but there is no real difference. Therefore the things do not exist. The great and glorious one that manifests them alone exists. Though things are false and unreal, yet as the reflection of the real, they for the time being appear real. The one entity, blissful, entire and all-pervading alone, exists, and nothing else. He who constantly realizes that this knowledge is freed from death and the sorrow of the world wheel. When the knowledge that all is illusory, perception, aropa, and by intellectual refutation, apavada, of other doctrines, this universe is resolved into the one. Then there exists the one and nothing else. Then there is clearly perceived by the mind. Karma clothes the jiva with body. From the anamaya kosa, the physical veal, physical vehicle, of the Father, and in accordance with its past karma, the human soul is reincarnated. Therefore, the wise consider this beautiful body as a punishment for the suffering of the effects of past karma. This temple of suffering and enjoyment, the human body, made up of flesh, bones, nerves, marrow, blood, and intersected with blood, vessels, is only for the sake of suffering of sorrow. <clears throat> this body, the abode of Brahma, and composed of five elements, and known as Brahmada, the egg of Brahma, or microcosm, has been made for the enjoyment of pleasure or suffering of pain. From the self-combination of the spirit, which is Shiva, and the matter, which is Shakti, and through their inherent interaction on each other, all creatures are born. From the fivefold combination of all subtle elements in this universe, gross innumerable objects are produced. The intelligence that is confined in them through karma is called a jiva. All this world is derived from the five elements. The jiva is the enjoyer of the fruits of action. In conformity with the effects of the past karma of the jivas, I regulate all their destinies. Jiva is immaterial and is in all things, but it enters the material body to enjoy the fruits of karma. Bound in the chain of matter by their karma, the jivas receive various names. In this world, they come again and again to undergo the consequences of their karma. When the fruits of karma have been enjoyed, the jiva is absorbed in the para-brahma. Chapter 2. The Microcosm. In this body, the Mount Meru, the vertebral column is surrounded. Restart. Damn it. <clears throat> Chapter 2. The microcosm. In this body, the Mount Meru, 
The vertebral column is surrounded by seven islands. There are rivers, seas, mountains, fields, and lords of the fields too. There are in it seers and sages, all the stars and planets as well. There are sacred pilgrimages, shrines, and presiding deities of the shrines. The sun and moon, agents of creation and destruction, also move in it. Ether, air, fire, water, and earth are also there. The nerve centers. All the beings that exist in the three worlds are also to be found in the body. Surrounding the Meru, they are engaged in their respective functions. But ordinary men do not know it. He who knows all this is a yogi. There's no doubt about it. In this body, which is called Brahmanda, literally the mundane egg, there is the nectar-rayed moon in its proper place on the top of the spinal cord with eight kalas in the shape of a semicircle. This has its face downward and it rains nectar day and night. The ambrosia further subdivides itself into two subtle parts. One of these, through the channel named Ida, goes over the body to nourish it. Like the waters of the heavenly Ganges, certainly this ambrosia nourishes the whole body through the channel of Ida. This milky ray moon on the left side, the other ray, brilliant as the purest milk and fountain of great joy, enters the middle path called Sashuma into the spinal cord. In order to create this moon, at the bottom of the Meru, there is the sun having 12 kalas. In the right path, Pingala, the lord of creatures carries the fluid through its rays upward. It certainly swallows the vital secretions and ray exuded nectar. Together with the atmosphere, the sun moves through the whole body. The right side vessel, which is Pingala, is another form of the sun and is the giver of Nirvana. The lord of creation and destruction moves in this vessel through auspicious ecliptical signs. The nerves. In the body of men, there are three thousand <laughs> shit. <clears throat> the nerves. In the body of man, there are 350,000 nadis. Of them, the principal are 14. Sashuma, Ida, Pingala, Gandhari, Hatsjivika, Kuhu, Saraswati, Pusa, Sankini, Payaswani, Varuni, Alumpusa, Vishwodari, and Yasa Swani. Among these, Ida, Pingala, and Sushuma are the chief. Among these three, Sushuma alone is the highest and beloved of the yogis. Other vessels are subordinate to it in the body. All these principles, nadis, or vessels, have their mouths downward and are like the threads of a lotus. They're all supported by the vertebral column, and it represents the sun, moon, and fire. The innermost of these three is Chitra. It is my beloved. In that, there is the subtlest of all hollows called Brahma Radha. Called Brahma Randra. Brilliant with the five colors, pure, moving in the middle of the Sashuma, this Chitra is the vital part of the body and center of the Sashuma.
This has been called the Sastras, the heavenly way. This is the giver of the joy, of immortality. By contemplating it, the great yogi destroys all sins. The pelvic region, two digits above the rectum and two digits, <laughs> two digits above the rectum and two digits below the organ is the Aduharu lotus, having a dimension of four digits. In this pericarp of the Adaharu lotus, there is the triangular beautiful yoni, hidden and kept secret in all the tantras. In it is the supreme goddess of Kundalini, of the form of electricity in a coil. It has three coils and a half, like a serpent, and is in the mouth of Sushuma. It represents the creative force of the world and is always engaged in creation. It is the goddess of speech whom speech cannot manifest and who is praised by all gods. The nadi, called Ida, is on the left side, coiling around the Sushuma. It goes into the right nostril. The nadi, called Pingala, is on the right side, coiling round the central vessel. It enters the left nostril. The nadi, which is between Ida and Pingala, is certainly the Sushuma. It has six stages, six forces, six lotuses, known to the yogis. The first five stages of Sushuma are known under various names, being necessary that they have been made known in this book. The other nadis rising from Mulahara go to the various parts of the body, the tongue, the organ, the eyes, feet, toes, ears, and the abdomen, the armpit, fingers of the hands, and the scrotum, and the anus. Having risen from their proper place, they stop at their respective destinations, as above described. From all these, nadis, there arise gradually other branches and sub-branches, so that they become 300,000 and a half in number, and supply their respective places. These nadis are spread from body crosswise and lengthwise. They are vehicles of sensation and keep watch over the movements of the air. They regulate the motor functions also. The abdominal region. In the abdomen, <laughs> in the abdomen, there burns the fire digester of food, situated in the middle of the sphere of the sun having 12 kalas. Known <clears throat> know this as the fire of Vaisawanara. It is born from a portion of my own energy and digests the various foods of creatures being inside their bodies. This fire increases life and gives strength and nourishment, makes the body full of energy, destroys all diseases and gives health. The wise yogi, having kindled this Vaisawanaric fire, according to proper rites, should sacrifice food into it every day in conformity with the teachings of a spiritual teacher. This body called Brahma... <laughs> Shit. This body called the Brahmananda has many parts, but I have enumerated the most important of them in the book. They ought to be known. Various are their names and innumerable other... Ah, shit. <laughs> <clears throat> This body, called the Brahmananda, 
microcosm has many parts, but I have enumerated the most important of them in this book. Surely they ought to be known. Various are their names and innumerable are the places in this human body. All of them cannot be enumerated here. The Jivatman. In this body, thus described, there dwelleth the Jiva, all-pervading, adorned with a garland of endless desires, and chained to the body by karma. The Jiva, possessed of many qualities and the agents of all events, enjoys the fruits of his various karmas amassed in the past life. Whatever is seen among men, whether pleasure or pain, is born of karma. All creatures enjoy or suffer according to the results of their actions. The desires, which cause pleasure or pain, act according to the past karma of the jiva. The jiva has accumulated an excess of good and virtuous actions, receives a happy life, and in the world he gets pleasant and good things to enjoy without any trouble. In proportion to the force of his karma, man suffers misery or enjoys pleasure. The jiva that has accumulated an excess of evil never stays in peace, and it is not separate from its karmas, except karma. There is nothing in this world, from the intelligence veiled by maya, all things have been evolved. As in their proper season, various creatures are born to enjoy the consequences of their karma. As through mistake a pearl shell is taken for silver, so through the taint of one's own karma a man mistakes Brahman for the material universe. From the desire from desire, all these delusions arise. They can be eradicated with great difficulty. When the salvation, giving knowledge of the unreality of the world, arises, then are desires destroyed. Being engrossed in the manifested objective world, the delusion arises about that which is the manifester, the subject. There is no other cause of this delusion. Verily, verily, I tell you the truth. The illusion of this manifested objective world is destroyed when the maker of the manifest becomes manifest. This illusion does not cease so long as one thinks Brahman is not. By looking closely and deeply into the matter, this false knowledge vanishes. It cannot be removed otherwise. The delusion of silver remains. As long as knowledge does not arise about the stainless manifestor of the universe, so long as all things appear separate and many. When this body obtained through karma is made by means of obtaining nirvana, then only the carrying of the burden of the body becomes fruitful, not otherwise. Of whatever nature is the original desire, fasana, that clings to and accompanies the jiva through various incarnations, similar is the delusion which it suffers according to its deeds and misdeeds. If the practicer of yoga wishes to cross the ocean of the world, he should perform all the duties of his ashrama, the condition of life, renouncing all the fruits of his works. Persons attached to sensual objects and desirous of sensual pleasures descend from the road of nirvana. Through the delusion, much talk and fall into sinful deeds. When a person does not see anything else here, having seen the self by the self, then there is no sin. He renounces all ritual works. This is my opinion. All desires and the rest are dissolved through gnosis only, not otherwise. When all minor tattvas, or principles, cease to exist, 
then my tattva becomes manifest. Chapter 3 On Yoga Practice, the Vayus In the heart, there is brilliant lotus with 12 petals adorned with brilliant signs. It has the letters from K to TH, the 12 beautiful letters. The prana lives there, adorned with various desires, accompanied by its past works, that have no beginning and joined with egoism, or anakara. From the different modifications of the prana, it receives various names. All of them cannot be stated here. Prana, Apana, Samana, Udana, Uyana, Naga, Kurma, Krikara, Devadatta, and Dana, Jaya. There are ten principal names described by me in this sastra. They perform all the functions incited thereto by their own actions. Again, out of these ten, the first five are the leading ones. Even among these, the prana and apana are the highest agents, in my opinion. The seed of the prana is the heart, of the apana, anus, of the samana, the region above the navel, of the udana, the throat, while the uyana moves all over the body. <clears throat> the five remaining values, the niga, perform the following functions in the body. Eructation, opening the eyes, hunger and thirst, gaping or yawning, and lastly hiccups. He who in this way knows the microcosm of the body, being absolved from all sins, reaches the highest state, the guru. Now I shall tell you how easily to attain success in yoga by knowing which the yogis never fail in the practice of yoga. Only the knowledge imparted by a guru through his lips is powerful and useful. Otherwise it becomes fruitless, weak, and very painful. He who is devoted to any knowledge while pleasing his guru with every attention readily obtains the fruit of that knowledge. There is not the least doubt that the guru is the father, guru is mother, guru is God even, and as such he should be served by all with their thought word and deed. By guru favor, everything's good. Relating to oneself is obtained. So the guru ought to be daily served, else there can be nothing auspicious. Let him salute his guru after walking three times around him and touching with his right hand his lotus feet. The person who has control over himself attains verily success through eith. The person who has control The person who has control over himself attains verily success through faith. None other can succeed. Therefore with faith the yoga should be practiced with care and perseverance. Those who are addicted to sensual pleasures or keep bad company, who are disbelievers who are devoid of respect towards their guru, who resort to promiscuous assembles, and who are addicted to false and vain controversies, who are cruel in their speech and who do not give satisfaction to their guru, never attain success. The first condition of success is the firm belief that vidya must succeed and be fruitful. The second condition is having faith in it. The third is respect towards the Guru. The fourth is the spirit of universal equality. The fifth is the restraint of the organs of sense. The sixth is moderate eating. These are all. There is no seventh condition. Having received instruction in yoga and obtained a Guru who knows yoga, let him practice with earnestness and faith according to the method taught by the teacher.
the place. Let the yogi go to a beautiful and pleasant place of retirement or a cell, assume the posture of Padmasana, and sitting on a seat made of kusa grass, begin to practice the regulation of breath. The wise beginner should keep his body firm and flexible, his hands joined as if in supplication and salute the guru on his left side. He should also pay salutations to Ganesha on the right side and again to the guardians of the worlds and goddess Ambika, who are on the left side. Pranayama. Then let the wise practitioner close with his right thumb, the pingala, or right nostril, inspire, inspire air through the ida, the left nostril, and keep the air confined, suspending his breathing as long as he can. Afterwards, let him breathe out slowly, not forcibly, through the right nostril. Again, let him breathe through the right nostril and stop breathing as long as his strength permits. And let him expel the air through the left nostril. Not forcibly, but slowly and gently. According to the above method of yoga, let him practice 20 kumbhakas, or stopping of the breath. He should practice this daily, without neglect or idleness, and free from all duels of love and hatred, doubt and contention, etc. The kumbhakas should be practiced four times. Once early in the morning, at sunrise, then at midday, the third at sunset, and fourth at midnight. When this has been practiced daily for three months, with regularity, the nadis, or the vessels, of the body will readily and surely be purified. When thus the nadis of the truth-perceiving yogi are purified, then his defects being all destroyed, he enters the first stage in practice of yoga called arambha. Certain signs are perceived in the body of the yogi whose nadis have been purified. I shall describe in brief all the various signs. The body of the person practicing the regulation of breath becomes harmoniously developed in its sweet sense, looks beautiful and lovely. In all kinds of yoga, there are four stages of pranayama. Aramba avastha, the state of the beginning. Gata avastha, the state of cooperation of self and higher self. Parichaya Avasta, knowledge. Nishpataya Vasta, the final consummation. We have already described the beginning of Araba Avansa, of Pranayama. The rest will be described hereafter. They destroy all sin and sorrow. The following qualities are surely always found in the bodies of every yogi. Strong appetite, good digestion, cheerfulness, handsome figure, great courage, mighty enthusiasm and full of strength. Now I tell you the great obstacles of yoga which may be avoided by the removal the yogis cross easily, the sea of worldly sorrow. The yogi should renounce the following. Acids, astringents, pungent substances, salt, mustard, and bitter things, much walking, early bathing, and things roasted in oil, theft, killing, and many towards any person, pride, duplicity, and crookedness, fasting, untruth, thoughts other than those of moksha, cruelty towards animals, companionship of women, worship of fire, and much talking without regard to pleasantness or unpleasantness of speech. And lastly, much eating. That means 
Now I will tell you the means by which success in yoga is quickly obtained. It must be kept secret by the practitioner so that success may come with certainty. The great yogi should observe always the following observances. He should use one clarified butter, milk, sweet food, beetle with lime, without lime, camphor, kind words, pleasant monastery, or retired cell, having a small door. Hear discourses on truth and always discharge his household duties with vairagya, or without attachment. Sing the name of Vishnu and hear sweet music. Having patience, constancy, forgiveness, austerities, purifications, modesty, devotion, service, and of the Guru. When the air enters the sun, it is the proper time for the yogi to take his food. When the breath flows through the pingala, when the air enters the moon, he should go to sleep. When the breath flows through the left nostril vita, the yoga pranayama should be not be practiced just after the meals, nor when one is very hungry. Before beginning the practice, some milk and butter should be taken. When one is well established in his practice, then he may not observe these restrictions. The practitioner should eat in small quantities at a time, though frequently, and should practice kumbhaka daily at the stated times. When the yogi can, of his will, regulate the air and the stop the breath he likes. When the yogi can of his will regulate the air and stop the breath whenever and how long he likes, then certainly he gets success in kumbhaka. And from there, the success in kumbhaka only, what things cannot the yogi command here? The first stage. In the first stage of pranayama, the body of the yogi begins to perspire. When it perspires, he should rub it well. Otherwise, the body of the yogi loses its datu, or humors. The second and third stages. In the second stage, there takes place the trembling of the body. In the third, the jumping about like a frog. And when the practice becomes greater, the adept walks in the air. Vayu Siddhi. When the yogi, though remaining in Padmasana, can rise in the air and leave the ground, then he knows that he has gained Vayu Siddhi, success over air, which destroys the darkness of the world. But so long as he does not gain it, then let him practice observing all the rules and restrictions laid down here. From the perfection of the pranayama follows the decrease of sleep, excrements, and urine. The truth perceiving yogi becomes free from disease and sorrow of affliction. He never gets putrid, perspiration, saliva, and intestinal worms. When in the body of the practitioner, there is neither any increase of phlegm, wind, nor bile, then he may, with impunity, be irregular in his diet and the rest. No injurious results then would follow. Were the yogi to take a large quantity of food, or very little, or no food at all, through the strength of constant practice, the yogi obtains Puchari Siddhi. He moves as the frog jumps over the ground, when frightened away by the clapping of hands. Verily, there are many hard and almost insurmountable obstacles in yoga. Yet the yogi should go on with his practice at all hazards. 
even were his life to come to the throat. Then let the practitioner sitting in a retired place and restraining his senses utter by inaudible repetition the long pranara, om, in order to destroy all obstacles. Note, the aum, all three, should be distinctly uttered. A-U-M. The wise practitioner surely destroys all his karma, whether acquired in this life or the past, through regulation of the breath. The great yogi destroys by 16 pranayamas the various virtues and vices accumulated in his past life. The pranayama destroys sin. As fire burns away a heap of cotton, it makes the yogi free from sin. Next, it destroys the bonds of all his good actions. The mighty yogi, having attained through pranayama the eight sorts of psychic powers, and having crossed the ocean of virtue and vice, moves about freely through the world. Increase of duration. Then gradually he should make himself able to practice for three garis, or one hour and a half at a time. He should be able to restrain the breath for that period. Through this, the yogi undoubtedly attains all the longed-for powers cities or perfections. The yogi acquires the following powers, Bhakya city, prophecy, transporting himself everywhere at will, Kamachuri, clairvoyance, Durasasriti, clairaudience, Durasruti, subtle sight, Shukshma Disriti, and the power of entering another's body, Prayakai Pravisana, turning base metals to gold, by rubbing them with his excrements and urines, and the power of becoming invisible and lastly moving in the air. Digata Avastha When by the power of pranayama the yogi reaches the state of gata or water jar, then for him there is nothing in this circle of universe which he cannot accomplish. The guda is said to be that state in which the prana and the apana viyu, the nida, Oops. The gata is said to be that state which the prana and the apai. Oh, fuck. The, the gata is said to be that state in which the prana and the apana vayus, the nada and the vindu and the jivatman, human spirit, and paramatma, the universal spirit, combine and co create. When he gets the power of holding the breath, that is to be in the trance for three hours, then certainly the wonderful state of Pratyahara is reached without fail. When the object, whatever object the yogi perceives, let him consider it to be the spirit. When the modes of actions of various senses are known, then they can be conquered. When through great practice, the yogi can perform one kumbhaka for full three hours, when for eight dandas, or three hours, the breathing of the yogi is suspended, then the wise one can balance himself on his thumb, but he appears as others as insane. But he appears to others as insane. The parichaya. After this, through exercise, the yogi reaches the parichaya avastha. When the air leaving the sun and the moon, right and left nostrils, remains unmoved and steady in the ether of the tube of the sashuma, then it is the parichaya state.
When he, by the practice of yoga, acquires power of action, Kriya Shakti, and pierces through the six chakras and reaches the sure condition of Parichaya, then the yoga verily sees the threefold effects of karma. Then, let the yogi destroy the multitude of karmas by the pravnara. Oops. <clears throat> Then, let the yogi destroy the multitudes of karma by the pranava, om. Let him accomplish kayavuya, a mystical process of arranging the various skandhas of the body. In order to enjoy or suffer the consequences of all his actions in one life, without the necessity of rebirth. At that time, let the great yogi practice the fivefold dharana, forms of concentration of Vishnu, by which command over the five elements is obtained, and fears of injuries from any one of them is removed. Earth, water, fire, air cannot harm him. Let the wise yogi practice dharana, thus five gatis, two and a half hours, in the Adara lotus, five gatis in the seat of the linga, five gatis in the region above it, the navel, and the same in the heart, five gatis in the throat, and lastly, let him hold dharana. For the five gatis in the space between the two eyebrows, by this practice, the elements cease to cause any harm to the great yogi. Let the wise yogi practice dharana, thus five gatis, two and a half hours in the adhara lotus, Mulahara, ah, Muladhara Chakra, the first, five gatis in the seat of the Linga, Svatsthana Chakra, the second, five gatis in the region above it in the navel, the Manipura Chakra, and the same in the heart chakra, Anahata, five gatis in the throat, Visuddha Chakra, and lastly, let him hold Dharana for five gatis in the space between the two eyebrows, or the Ajnapura, third eye chakra. By this practice, the elements cause to. By this practice, the elements cease to cause any harm to the great yogi. The wise yogi who thus continually practice concentration, or dharana, never dies through hundreds of cycles of the great Brahma, the Nishipati. After this, through the gradual exercise, the yogi reaches the nishpati avasti, the condition of consummation. The yogi, having destroyed all the seeds of karma which existed from the beginning, drinks the waters of immortality. When Jivan Mukta, delivered in the present life, tranquil yogi has obtained through practice the consummation of samadhi. And when the state of consummated samadhi can be voluntarily evoked, then let the yogi take hold of the chitana, conscious intelligence. Together with the air, with the force of Kriya Shakti, conquer the six wheels and absorb it in a force called Jana Shakti. Now we have described the management of the air in order to remove troubles, which wait ahead of the yogi. Through this knowledge, the Vayu Sadhana banish all sufferings and enjoyments in the circle of the universe. When the skillful yogi, by placing the tongue at the root of the palate, can drink the Pranavayu, 
then occurs the complete dissolution of all yogas. That is, he is no longer in need of yoga. When the skillful yogi, knowing the laws of action of prana and apana, can drink the cold air through contraction of the mouth in the form of a crow bill, then he becomes entitled to liberation. That wise yogi who daily drinks the ambrosial air, according to proper rules, destroys fatigue, burning, fevers, decay, and old age and injuries. Pointing the tongue upward, when the yogi can drink the nectar flowing from the moon, situated between the two eyebrows, within a month, he certainly would conquer death. And having finally closed the glottis by the proper yogic method, and contemplating on the goddess Kundalini, he drinks the moon fluid of immortality. He becomes a sage or poet within six months. When he drinks the air through the crow bill, both in the morning and the evening twilight, contemplating that it goes to the mouth of Kundalini, consumption of the lungs is cured. When the wise yogi drinks the fluid day and night through the crow beak, his diseases are destroyed. He acquires certainly the powers of clairaudience and clairvoyance. When firmly closing the teeth by pressing the upper on the lower jaw, and placing the tongue upwards, the yogi drinks the fluid very slowly. Within a short period, he conquers death. One who daily continues this exercise for six months only is freed from all sins and destroys all diseases. If he continues this exercise for a year, he becomes a Bhairava. He obtains the powers of Anima and conquers all elements and the elementals. If the yogi can remain for a half a second with his tongue drawn upward, he becomes free from disease, death, and even old age. Verily, verily, I tell you the truth that the person never dies who contemplates by pressing the tongue combined with the vital fluid of prana. Through this exercise and yoga, he becomes like a kamadiva. Without rival, he feels neither hunger nor thirst nor sleep nor swoon. Acting upon these methods, the great yogi becomes in the world perfectly independent and freed from all obstacles. He can go everywhere. By practicing thus, he is never reborn, nor is he tainted by virtue vice, for he enjoys with all gods. There are 84 postures of various modes out of them. Four ought to be adopted, which I mentioned below. Siddhasana, Padmasana, Ugrasana, Svatkasana. Siddhasana. <clears throat> Siddhasana. The Siddhasana that gives success to the practitioner is as follows. Pressing with care by the heel, the yoni, the other heel, the yogi should place on the lingam. He should fix his gaze upwards on the space between the two eyebrows, should be steady and restrain his senses. His body, particularly, must be straight without any bend. The place should be retired one, without any noise. He who wishes to attain, he who wishes to attain quick consummation of yoga, by exercise, should adopt the siddhasana posture, and practice regulation of the breath.
Through this posture, the yogi, leaving the world, attains the highest end. And throughout the world, there is no posture more secret than this. By assuming and contemplating in this posture, the yogi is freed from sin. I describe how the Padmasana, which wards off or cures all diseases, having crossed the legs, carefully place the feet on the opposite thighs, the left foot on the right thigh and vice versa. Cross both the hands and place them similarly on the thighs. Fix the sight on the tip of the nose, pressing the tongue against the root of the teeth. The chin should be elevated, the chest expanded. Then draw the air slowly. Fill the chest with all your might and expel it slowly in an unobstructed way. It cannot be practiced by everybody. Only the wise attain success in it. By performing and practicing this posture, undoubtedly the vital airs of the practitioner at once become completely equable and flow harmoniously through the body. Sitting in the Padmasana posture, and knowing the action of the prana and apana, when the yogi performs the regulation of the breath, he is emancipated. I tell you the truth. Verily, I tell you the truth. The Ugrasana. Stretch out both the legs and keep them apart. Firmly take hold of the head by the hands and place them on the knees. This is called Ugrasana or the stern posture. It excites the motion of the air destroys the dullness and uneasiness of the body, and is also called Paschimautana. The posture, the posterior cross posture, that wise men who daily practices the noble posture can certainly induce the flow of the air per viam uh, posteriori. Those who practice this obtain all the cities. Therefore, those desirous of attaining powers should practice this diligently. This should be kept secret with the greatest care and not be given to anybody and everybody. Through it, Vayusiddhi is easily obtained and it destroys a multitude of miseries. Svatikasana Place the soles of the feet completely under the thighs. Keep the body straight and sit at ease. This is called Svatikasana. In this way, the yogi should practice the regulation of the air. No disease can attack his body and he obtains Vayu Siddhi. This is called the Sukasana, the easy posture. This health-giving good Svatakisana should be kept secret by the yogi. Chapter 4. Yoni Mudra, the sacred drink of the Kaulas. First, with a strong inspiration, fix the mind in the Adhar Lotus, then engage in contracting the Yoni, which is situated in the perennial space. There, let him contemplate that the God of love resides in that Brahma Yoni, and that he is beautiful like the Baduk flower, brilliant as tons of millions of suns and cool as tons of millions of moons. Above this, Yoni is a very small and subtle flame whose form is intelligence, 
Let him imagine that a union takes place there between himself and that flame, the Shiva and the Shakti. Then imagine that there go up through the Sushima, that is the central channel, the three bodies in their due order, the etheric, astral, and mental bodies. There is emitted in every chakra the nectar, the characteristic of which is great bliss. Its color is whitish rosy pink, full of splendor, showering down in jets this immortal fluid. Let him drink this wine of immortality, which is divine, and then again enter the kula, the perennial space. While these subtle bodies go up, they drink at every stage this nectar called Kula Mrita. Then let him go again to the Kula through the practice of the Matra Yoga, Pranayama. This Yoni has been called by me in the Tantras as equal to life. Again, let him be absorbed in that Yoni where dwells the fire of death, the nature of Shiva. Thus has been described by me the method of practicing the great Yoni Mudra. From success in its practice, there's nothing which cannot be accomplished. Even those mantras which are deformed or paralyzed, scorched by fire, or whose flame has become attenuated, or which are dark and ought to be abandoned, or which are evil or too old, or which are proud of their budding youth, or have gone over to the side of the enemy, or weak and essenceless, without vitality, or which have been divided into hundreds of parts, even they become fertile through time and method. All these can give powers and emancipation when properly given to the disciple by the guru. After having initiated him according to the proper rites and bathed him a thousand times, this yoni mudra has been described in order that the student may deserve to be initiated into the mysteries and receive the mantras. He who practices the Yoni Mudra is not polluted by sin. Were he to murder a thousand Brahmanas or kill all the inhabitants of the three worlds, were he to kill his teacher or drink wine or commit theft or violate the bed of his precept, pre <laughs> were he to kill his teacher or drink wine or commit theft or violate the bed of his preceptor, he is not stained by these sins also by the virtue of this Mudra. Therefore, those who wish for emancipation should practice this daily. Through practice, success is obtained. Through practice, one gains liberation. Perfect consciousness is gained through practice. Yoga is attained through practice. Success in mudras comes by practice. Through practice is gained success in pranayama. Death can be cheated of its prey through practice, and man becomes the conqueror of death by practice. Through practice, one gets the power of vak. <clears throat> Through practice, one gets the power of prophecy and the power of going everywhere. Through mere exertion of will, this yoni mudra should be kept in great secrecy, not be given to everybody. Even when threatened with death, it should be not revealed or given to others. The Awakening of Kundalini now I shall tell you the best means of attaining success in yoga. The practitioners should keep it secret. It is the most inaccessible yoga. When the 
sleeping goddess Kundalini is awakened through the grace of Guru, then all the lotuses and the bonds are readily pierced through and through. Therefore, in order that the goddess who is asleep in the mouth of the Brahma Randra, or the innermost hollow of Sashuma, the central channel, be awakened, the mudras should be practiced with the greatest care. Out of the many mudras, the following ten are the best. Mahamudra, Mahabandra, Mahaveda, Kechari, Jalandar, Mulabandha, Viparkirana, Udana, Vajandi, and Shakti Chalana. My dearest, I shall now describe to you the Mahamudra, from whose knowledge the ancient sages Kapila and others obtained success in yoga. In accordance with the instructions of the Guru, press gently the perineum with the heel of the left foot. Stretching the right foot out, hold it fast by the two hands. Having closed the nine gates of the body, place the chin on the chest. Then concentrate the vibrations of the mind and inspire air and retain it by kumbhaka, as long as one can comfortably keep it. This is the Mahamudra, held secret in all the tantras. The steady-minded yogi, having practiced it on the left side, should then practice it on the right side, and in all cases must be firm in pranayama, the regulation of his breath. In this way, even the most unfortunate yogi might obtain success. By this means, all the vessel of his bodies are roused and stirred into activity. The life is increased and its decay is checked and all sins are destroyed. All diseases are healed and the gastric fire is increased. It gives faultless beauty to the body and destroys decay and death. All fruits of desires and pleasures are obtained and senses are conquered. The yogi fixed in meditation acquired all the above-mentioned things through practice. There should be no hesitation in doing so. O ye worshipped of the gods, know that this mudra is to be kept secret with the greatest care. Obtaining this, the yogi crosses the ocean of the world. The mudra described by me is the giver of all desires of the practitioner. It should be practiced in secrecy and ought never to be given to everybody. Mahabandha. Then, after Mahamudra, having extended the right foot, place it on the left thigh, contract the perineum and draw the apanavaya upwards and join it with the samavayu. Bend the pranavayu downwards and then let the wise yogi bind them in trinity in the navel. The prana and the apana should be joined with the samana at the navel. I have told you by now the Mahabandha which slows I've told you now the Mahabandha which shows the way of emancipation. By this all the fluids in the vessels of the body of the yogi are propelled towards the head. This should be practiced with great care, alternatively with both feet. Through this practice the winds enter the middle channel of the Sushuma. The body is invigorated by it. The bones are firmly knitted. The heart of the yogi becomes full of cheerfulness. By this bandha, the great yogi accomplishes all of his desires. Mahaveda O oh, goddess of the three worlds, 
When the yogi, while performing the Mahabandha, causes the union of the prana and apana vayus and filling the viscera with the air drives, it slowly towards the nates, and it is called Mahaveda. The best of the yogis having, through the help of the vayu, pierced with this perforator, the knot, which is in the path of Sushuma, should then pierce the knot of Brahma. He who practices the Mahaveda with great secrecy obtains Vayu Siddhi, success over the winds. It destroys decay and death. The gods residing in the chakras tremble owing to the gentle influx and efflux of air in Pranayama. The great goddess Kunali Maha Mava is absorbed in the Mount Kailasa. The Mahamudra and the Mahabandha become fruitless if they are not followed by the Mahaveda. Therefore, the yogi should practice all these three successively with great care. He who practices these three four times daily with great care undoubtedly conquers death within six months. Only the Siddha knows the importance of these three and no one else. Knowing these, the practitioner obtains all success. This should be kept in great secrecy by the practitioner, desirous of obtaining power otherwise, it is certain that the coveted powers can never be obtained through the practice of mudras. Kichari The wise yogi, sitting in Vajrasana posture, in a place free from all disturbances, should firmly fix his gaze on the spot in the middle of the two eyebrows, and reversing the tongue backwards, fix it in the hollow under the epiglottis, placing it with great care on the mouth, of the well of nectar. The mudra described by me at the request of devotees is Kichari Mudra. Oh my beloved, know this is to be the source of all success. Always practicing it, let him drink the ambrosia daily. By this, he obtains Vigraha Siddha, power over the microcosm even as lying over the elephant of death. Whether pure or impure, in whatever condition one may be, if success be obtained in Kichari, he becomes pure. There is no doubt of it. He who practices it, even for a moment, crosses the great ocean of sins and having enjoyed the pleasure of the diva world, is born into a noble family. He who practices the Kichari Mudra calmly and without laziness counts as seconds the period of a hundred brahmas. He who knows this Kichari Mudra, according to the instructions of his guru, obtains the highest end, though immersed in great sins. O ye adored of gods, the mudra dear as life should not be given to everybody. It should be concealed and kept with great care. Jaladandra. Jalandara. <clears throat> Jalandara. Having contracted the muscles of the throat, press the chin on the breast. This is said to be Jalandara Mudra. Even gods reckon it unestimable. Even gods reckon it as inestimable. The fire in the region of the navel, the gastric juice, drinks the nectar which exudes over the thousand-petaled lotus. 
In order to prevent the nectar to be thus consumed, he should practice this bandha. Through this bandha, the wise yogi himself drinks the nectar and obtaining immortality enjoys the three worlds. The Jalandhara Bada is the giver of success to the practitioner. The yogi, desirous of success, should practice it daily. The Mula Bandha. Pressing well the anus with the heel, forcibly draw upwards the Apanavayu slowly by practice. This is described as the Mula Bandha, the destroyer of death and decay. If the course if in the course of the practice of this mudra, the yogi can unite with apana, with the pranavayu, then it becomes, of course, the yona mudra. Then it becomes, of course, the yoni mudra. He who has accomplished the yoni mudra, what can he not accomplish in this world? Sitting in padmasana posture, free from idleness, the yogi, leaving the ground, moves through the air by virtue of this mudra. If wise yogi is desirous of crossing the ocean of the world, let him practice the bandha in secret, in a retired place. Viparti karana. Putting the head on the ground, let him stretch out his legs upwards, moving them round and round. This is the vapari karana kept secret in all tantras. The yogi who practices it daily for three hours conquers death and is not even destroyed even in the pralaya. He who drinks nectar becomes equal to the siddhas. He who practices the bandha becomes adept among all creatures. Udana bandha. When the intestines above and below the navel are brought to the left side, it is called Udana bandha, this destroyer of all sins and sorrows. The left side viscera of the abdominal cavity should be brought above the navel. The Udana Bandha, the lion of the elephant of death. The yogi who always practices it four times a day purifies, purifies thereby his navel through which the winds are purified. By practicing it for six months, the yogi certainly conquers death. The gastric fire is kindled and there takes place an increase of fluids in the body. Through this, consequently, the Vaigraha Siddhi is also obtained. All the diseases of the yogi are certainly destroyed by it. Having learned the method from the Guru, the wise yogi should practice it with great care. This most inaccessible mudra should be practiced in a retired and undisturbed place. Let the wise yogi forcibly and firmly draw up the goddess Kundalini sleeping in the Adar Lotus by means of the Apana Vayu. This is Sakti Chalan Mudra, the giver of all powers. He who practices the Shakti Chalan daily gets increase of life and destruction of disease. Leaving sleep the serpent or the Kundalini, herself goes up. Therefore, let the yogi desirous of power practice the skill. He who practices this best Shakti Chalan according to the instructions of his Guru obtain the Vigraha Siddhi, which gives the powers of animals, etc., and has no fear of death. 
He who practices the Shakti Chalam properly for two seconds and with care is very near to success. This mudra should be practiced by the yogi in the proper posture. These are the ten mudras whose equal there never was nor ever shall be. Through the practice of any one of them, a person becomes a siddha and obtains success. Chapter 5 Pavarti, O Lord, O loved Shankar, tell me for the sake of those whose minds search after the supreme end, the obstacles and the hindrance of yoga. Shiva, here, O goddess, I shall tell thee all the obstacles that stand in the path of yoga for the attainment of emancipation, enjoyments. Boga are the greatest of all impotence. are the greatest of all impediments, yoga or enjoyment. Women, beds, seats, dresses, and riches are obstacles to yoga. Dainty dishes, carriages, kingdoms, lordliness, powers, gold, silver, as well as copper, gems, aloe wood, and kine. Learning the Vedas and the Satras, dancing, singing, and ornaments, harp, flute, and drum, Riding on elephants and horses, wives and children, worldly enjoyments, all these are so many impediments. There are the, these are the obstacles which arise from boga. Here now the impediments which arise from ritualistic religion. Dharma, ritualism of religion. The following are the obstacles which Dharma interposes. Abolitions, worship of deities, observing the sacred days of the moon, fire sacrifice, hankering after moksha, vows and penances, fasts, religion and religious observances, silence, the aesthetic practices, contemplation and the object of contemplation, Mantras, almsgiving, world-wide fame, excavating and endowing of tanks, wells, ponds, covens, groves, sacrifices, vows of starvation, chandrayana, and pilgrimages. Jnana, knowledge obstacles. Now I should describe O Pavardi. The obstacles which arise from knowledge. Sitting in the Gumuk posture and practicing Dauti, washing the intestines by Hatha Yoga, knowledge of the distribution of the nadis or the vessels of the human body, learning of pratyahara, subjugation of the senses, trying to awaken the kundalini force by moving quickly the belly, a process of Hatha Yoga, entering into the path of Indrayas the knowledge of the action of the nadis, these are the obstacles. Now listen to the mistaken notions of diet, O Pavardi. The samadhi trance can be once induced by drinking certain new chemical essences and by eating certain kinds of food is a mistake. Now hear about the mistaken notion of the influence of company. Keep the company of the virtuous and avoid that of the vicious is a mistaken notion. Measuring of the heaviness and lightness of the inspired and expelled air is an erroneous idea.
Brahman is the body, or he is the maker of form, or he has a form, or he has no form, or he is everything. All these consoling doctrines are obstacles. Such notions are impediments. Such notions are impediments in the shape of jnana. Four kinds of yoga. The yoga is of four kinds. The first is mantra yoga. The second is hatha yoga. The third is laya yoga. Fourth is raja yoga, which discards duality. Satkas or aspirants. Know the aspirants are four orders, mild, moderate, ardent, and the most ardent. The best who can cross the ocean of the world. Mild, entitled to mantra yoga. Men of small enterprise, obvious... Oops. Men of small enterprise, oblivious, sickly, and finding faults with their teachers, avaricious, sinful, gourmands, the attached helplessly to their wives, fickle, timid, diseased, not independent, and cruel. Those whose characters are bad and who are weak know all the above to be mild sadkas. With great efforts, such men succeed in 12 years. Then, the teacher should know fit for the mantra yoga. Moderate, entitled to the laya yoga. Liberal-minded, merciful, desirous of virtue, sweet in their speech, who never go to extremes in any undertaking. These are the middlings. These are to be initiated by the teacher of laya yoga. Those entitled to hatha yoga. Ardent. Steady-minding, knowing the laya yoga independent, full of energy, full of sympathy, forgiving, truthful, courageous, full of faith, worshippers of the lotus, effect of their gurus, engaged always in the practice of yoga, know such men to be admitatra, adhimatra. They obtain success in the practice of yoga within six years and ought to be initiated in hatha yoga and its branches, the most ardent, entitled to all the yogas. Those who have the largest amount of energy and are enterprising, energetic, heroic, who know the sastras and are perceiving free from the effect of blind emotions and not so easily confused who are in the prime of their youth, moderate in their diet, rulers of their senses, fearless, clean, skillful, charitable, a help to all, competent, firm, talented, contented, forgiving, good-natured, religious, who keep their endeavors secret, of sweet speech, peaceful, who have faith in scriptures and are worshippers of God and Guru, who are averse to fritter away their time in society and are free from any grievances or malai... Or, uh, and are free from any grievous malady, who are acquainted with the duties of the Adhimatra and are the practitioners of every kind of yoga. Undoubtedly, they obtain success in three years. They are entitled to be initiated in all kinds of yoga without hesitation. Invocation of the Shadow Pravito Kapasana The Invocation of Prakita Oops The Invocation of Pratika, Shadow, gives to the devotee the object seen as well as unseen. Undoubtedly, by its very sight, a man becomes pure.
In a clear sunlit sky, behold with a steady gaze your own divine reflection. Whenever there is seen, whenever this is seen even for a single second in the sky, you behold God at once in the sky. He who daily sees a shadow in the sky will get his years increased and will never die an accidental death. When the shadow is seen fully reflected in the field of the sky, then he obtains victory, and conquering the Vayu, he goes everywhere. How to Invoke At the time of the rising sun, or by moon, let him steadily fix his gaze at the neck of the shadows he throws. Then after some time, let him look into the sky. If he sees a full gray shadow in the sky, it is auspicious. He who always practices this and knows the Paramatma becomes fully happy through the grace of his shadow. At the time of commencing travel, marriage, or auspicious work, or when in trouble, it is of great use. The invocation of the shadow destroys sins and increases virtue. By practicing it, always, he begins at last to see it in his heart. And the persevering yogi gets liberation.